Welcome to So Here's the Thing, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creative educators who are ready to take their business to the next level. Through candid conversations, tactical approaches, and a few unpopular opinions, we're lifting the veil on what it takes to build both a life and a business that you love. I'm your host, Leila Amati, a coach for creatives and founder of the Creative Educator Academy, where I help entrepreneurs step into the role of industry leaders and educators. I'm so glad that you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Friends, welcome back to the show. I am pumped because we have my good friend, Ashlyn, joining us today. Ashlyn Carter, we actually met years and years ago. We were speaking at Show It's conference. Um, yes. at the I time, the bus line. Do you remember? I yes. Speak- <laughs> for the party, that's where you can find us. Um, yes. <laughs> always headed to a party, but I'm pumped. Ashlyn is here to talk with us about establishing yourself as the authority in your field through copy. She's a conversion copywriter and marketing strategist. She specializes in wedding and creative industries. Obviously beyond that, she knows what's up because she traded Fortune 500 clients in corporate marketing, bringing in more than seven figures in her business, now helping women write words that sell so they can work from a place of rest, not hustle. Thanks for being here, Ashlyn. I'm pumped. My goodness, it's such an honor, Lily. I am excited to talk. I cannot wait. Okay. Because I know this episode. I know. And I know this episode is going to be so good. Ashlyn was a guest instructor in my first, I think the first round of the Creative Educator Academy that was in like 2019. And I know you don't hold back. So I am thrilled because I just know you don't hold back. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, I feel like all our listeners are already going to know who you are, but tell us about kind of your journey and like, how you came to care about this topic in general. Yeah, I love what I do so much. I'm honored to get to do it. Um, I I definitely grew up like words were my thing. Knew I wanted to go into that capacity professionally somehow. And um, yeah, I've shared my story in bits and bobs out there on the internet, but I, I adored corporate. You'll not find me being like a corporate basher. I loved it probably a little too much. And During that, I ended up developing an eating disorder, which put me into partial hospitalization, which put me into a place of being like, what do I want to even do with my life? And that's when, that's what pushes a lot of us. Like I wouldn't have jumped out of the nest otherwise, trust me, would not have. Like I'm not a real risk taker, which is like funny because that's all entrepreneurship is. But I, yeah, I started my business seven years ago and it is such a delight. I have one thing over the years, and I've actually been asked more to talk about it, I guess. Um, I I have two businesses, essentially. I do have an agency side of the business, which is my laboratory. That's where we test things. That's where we figure out what's going on. Like We just had a huge, big name client come off of her, what she said was her best launch ever, which was such an honor. But even cooler is like, that tells me, like, that's where I get the data to be like, freaking no webinars do still work. So like hush your mouth when you're saying that they don't, because I'm sitting here looking at numbers saying the complete inverse of that. And like, all so that I love the agency in the lab because that's my testing ground. And then on the education side of things, I sell templates and soon to be AI prompts and all sorts of tools and courses and resources. Because like you were saying, I, it's just in this day and age, you have to be able to pitch yourself. You have to know your message you have to do way too much writing to have to outsource every single time. And so it is my, uh, my hope, my prayer to be able to equip people to do that themselves. That's amazing. I feel like honestly, 
every time I hear you talk about what you do, it makes me feel like I need to like get my hands on some sort of like writing workbook by you <laughs> and start practicing that craft up. because it is, you're so right. Everything we do. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's just a lot. It's a lot. And especially for people who are like writing avoidant for whatever reason. Oh yeah. It's the same way. Like it's probably how I feel about like math and numbers. I can't, I can't just ostrich and put my head in the sand. Like I have to have had to figure that out. And like, so I know what it feels like, I guess to abhor something and then be like, LOL, this is like part of being a business owner. I can't, I can't like step around this. I know it's really, it's, it's hard for those. And I, it's funny because even I talk to people all the time who are similar to what you said about like you grew up and words were your thing. I loved writing. I love to read, but like it's kind of the last thing I want to do yeah. in terms of like writing copy because yeah. I think there's like this brain block. So maybe we can yes. talk about that, but love to. But yeah, I love and I can't believe you've been in business for seven years because I honestly feel like it's been longer. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a big compliment. Nope. It's been seven. Sometimes I'm like, I think I can do it. I think I can make it to 10. And then other days I'm like selling tomorrow. Like I'm, you know how, you know, the roller coaster that it all is, but I hundred percent. Well, that's like such relatable content. This is, I'm, I'm celebrating my 10th year in like this summer. So are you really? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Goodness, Laylee. I didn't know that. Congrats. That's Thank huge. you. Thanks. You're in the what percentile of businesses ever? Low. I mean, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. But the reason I think I say that it seems like longer than seven is because you very quickly, I feel, established yourself yes. as the authority. Yeah. Like you, you kind of, it's not even, I don't think that you, I mean, you did bridge a gap, but I, I think that there were other people out there trying to bridge that gap, but you did something really unique. And I think that you really like claimed that space. And I'd love to like hear about what you think made that yeah. happen for you. Yeah, I I do think that happened. I, it was strategic. There's a couple of things that I think contributed to that. So first of all, you hear sometimes like when you don't see it, somebody doing, like if you don't have proof of product there, maybe you shouldn't go into that. And I agree with that a lot of times, but I, I knew while there wasn't a copywriter serving creatives that was like visible at all, like pretty much it did seem like nobody. I was like, I know I can break into that. I had to throw a lot of spaghetti at the wall to figure out how I had to say things. So people, you would go into, I would go into the Rising Tide Society group, all these Facebook groups, meetups. I would say copy, copywriting, 100% of no one knew what I was talking about. Like nobody, they didn't know that we're, and now it's like everybody understands like what copy is so you do like I did a lot of education one thing I always attribute is and I don't know if you would say this but still some of our best leads and our best referrals are referrals are grassroots and so I think just being really good at what you do and thorough you just be amazed with service providers who don't turn things in on time who don't follow through who don't and so like even by doing those little things um my name got shared quickly in bigger circles which also helped like that was a huge win and then I I think a third thing I did I I knew how to pitch myself because I came from a PR background so I pitched a ton of podcasts I and I had no um, qualms with hearing no, mm-hmm. because I was, I was like, that's part of PR game. Like you hear no, like majority of the time. And so those, yeah, I think those are some things that helped early on in like true Laylee fashion and just being like, 
honest and vulnerable. It has been hard over the past few years as I've been like in and out of having kids and maternity leaves to like, to see how can I, I can't run at the pace that I used to. So like, how can I reap the dividends of having an established name and brand, but also like, I can't ghost complete, you know, like it's, that's yeah. the kind of the place that I'm in now where it's like, okay, I'm not the only one anymore. And so like, what does that look like? And what does make us different? It's like, we have to revisit that all over again, that kind of thing. Okay. There are so many things I want to like talk about in that, in Industry. that one rundown. So many things. One, I'll go backwards because it's like the freshest okay. in my mind, but I love that you're like, we're not just going to like rest on our laurels. Like we're going to, we have to like continue to move forward. Yes. And I think a lot of people see people in authority positions, people in positions of being well-known in their industry. And they think like, if I can get there, then it's smooth sailing and it's like easy as pie. And that's like such an unrealistic expectation, right? Oh, I would say it's like, what do they say? It's like even harder to stay in a number one spot. Like it's, it is very hard. So yeah, you have to, and I think too, what's interesting about being an entrepreneur is like, then you start to realize like, what is the lifestyle quotient of what I'm trying to do here. Like, what is my, I know we both like Shanna, like what is my enough? What is like, what, how fast do I want to run before it? Like, it's not worth the lifestyle for me. Like, you know, because that's part of the big, I, I have a friend, he's a financial, a very, very large financial investment advisor. And he was saying, and I, I hope people can take this, like, there are so many large businesses out there, huge businesses that don't turn a profit. And so like, even right now, if you aren't profitable, but included in your, like, if you're paying yourself a salary and you enjoy your job and your job allow your job as an entrepreneur allows you the creative freedom to do what you want to work on your own time, like that is a massive win that a ton of people are not afforded. And I think that, like he mentioned that last week, and I was like, I completely forget that. Like, yes, our goal is always to be profitable, but like the lifestyle factor of what we do is like I remember my mom going to her teaching job for years and just being like hating it or you could probably <laughs> you, you may have emotions <laughs> but um I just yeah it I don't know I kind of went tangentially on that but um yeah no I mean I think that it that it is and I literally felt like such an English teacher when I was like rest on our laurels I was like I have not pulled that phrase out in a long time <laughs> it's a good one it's a good one no I totally agree and I, I I just love that you said that and I think it's just something for people to have to think about and I one thing I love to do on on this podcast and for our listeners is just to kind of give people a way to reframe the way that they think about entrepreneurship and they think about leadership. A lot of our listeners are getting an education or scaling their education. And I just think it's worth talking about. So yes. the other thing that you mentioned that I loved was that I love that you talked about pitching, not being afraid of the nose, but I love that you mentioned, and I talked about this in, I think the last episode I, I actually released one of my like conference Recap, recap episodes. Yeah. I talked about how I pulled from my former life's experience. And I love that you said, like, I knew how to do this because of my experience in PR. Like, do you feel like you pulled a lot of what you did in entrepreneurship from your old life? Uh, a ton. Like not only because I, I picked, I, that's when I started my business. I was like, what do I, do I want to do PR? Do I want to do messaging? Like what part of corporate marketing was my favorite? Cause I know I need to like 
drill down a little bit more so I can be referable. So people do know what to come to me. I did email marketing, all this kind of stuff. So I was like, it was, it was the direct response copy that I was most in love with, but I do, I draw constantly on. Yeah. Like I, I think acquiring business, like, or like new business, like watching that team, what they did, watching the crisis communications team, and then like learning like 2020, like how to navigate sticky situations and stuff. I feel like I draw from that all the time. I loved when you said that, because I do think, especially I see people who like are either in a very deviant path now from what they did. They're quick to like, kind of put down what they did in the past yeah. or people that are like, moms or you know like they haven't I'm and I'm like there's so that's what I like how you you don't ever say like I was just a teacher I feel like you that's oh my gosh you guys have to problem solve mm-hmm. and communicate and like y'all have an, an EQ emotional quotient that's like so high because you you had to hone that yeah yeah it's funny I have like teacher friends trying to get out of teaching and they always tell me like, oh, if I had any skills, I could do anything else. And I'm like, what? Golly. So many skills. So I love that you said that. Okay. Let's dive into a couple like tactical, tangible things people can yes. do. I guess, do you, do you have like a top three or top however many you want, however many number you want to share things that you think everyone should be doing Ooh, when they're like good. establishing themselves to sell something to, to, change their offers to yes. establish their authority to prime to launch. See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> but in- well done, sis. Well done. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so do you have like, what are your top things people got to do there? Yeah. When it comes to launching specifically. Yeah. Launching or, or um, I guess we can do, why don't we do like a couple about launching and then a couple about like establishing themselves as the authority on the thing they want to launch. Okay. I love it. So one thing, is like constant, like you need to address objections early on. If there's a reason that somebody, like if there's an elephant in the room with your, with what you're putting out there with your offer, if there's going to be a little question in the back of that person's head, you buddy better address it before they do. Because if you can say it better than them and get back to it, you'll, you'll win their trust. You'll win the dollar. So that's one thing that like, that's why I talk about that inside. You're joking, but prime to launch. I'm like really big on helping people understand, like you got to grease that slide far in advance and start helping them overcome certain disbeliefs or sacred cows that they may hold in your content. Let's see some other things. I think that in our industry, I, it's, it's interesting because do you feel like you're more, I wonder what you would be. Do you feel like you're more of an emotional buyer or a rational, like, like thinker? I think I'm more rational now yeah. because I started as an emotional buyer and it bit me in the butt like way too yeah, many times. I can actually, I think that might be my path too. Yeah. I'm now when I like, it's, I have to remind myself to sell with emotion and story and that kind of thing, because I love the like data side of it so much. But that said in our industry, I think sometimes people, artists, creatives, people that sell beauty or nice to have forget that you can also leverage data in like, like proof and hard information in your sales argument you can do that well and you should do that that like you sell like you like to be sold to so if you can remember that there's people that buy in other ways that can 
totally strengthen what you do. I will say there's ashlandwrights.com slash quiz. If you don't know how you like to sell, that can be helpful because I think, and I do that all, my team's always like, Ashlyn, emotions, emotion. You got to hit it again. You got to go get on Instagram, do the emotional story again about why you made this because you're hitting so hard on the data that like that's going to be lost on people who don't care about that. So um, that's probably a second point. And then a third, I would say, can we talk about AI? Yeah. Okay. I, there is just going to be so much noise out there that these tools are going to develop. And I know as we're recording this yesterday, a bunch of like business leaders, Elon Musk, like head of Apple, all these people were saying, can we hit a six month pause on the AI development so we can like see how this is going to impact society writ large. I think that we don't know where it's going to land. What we do know is we think it's noisy now. It's going to be more so. And there's also the likelihood that a lot of things could sound the same. So what that tells us is we've got to get even sharper at voice and sound like there. And I have a YouTube video coming out with like, there's five superpowers that you have. The AI does not have these, this whole, like they're coming for our jobs maybe one day, but like, at least right now you still have the edge. So you've got to lean into those. But I do think in my, my point with all this is you've got to be able to use tools, whether it's AI prompts or copy templates to be able to spit out things fast. That is also personality packed because it is going to get noisier. So that's, and we're, we're in the process of creating a membership and tools to be able to help people do that even faster because yeah, we, I just, it's going to be really interesting. I have a lot of thoughts on it and ethics of it, but um, it, we do know that for sure is that it's going to create a lot of content. So like, buddy, let's get in there. Like, let's play the game. Yeah. I mean, I'm really glad that you brought that up actually, because I, I saw yesterday one of like the larger course creation platforms because I track all of them, even though I yes. use, I use the one I use, but like I track them all. And one of them yesterday was like, we now have AI implemented and it will create an entire course outline for you. And I was like, as the teacher inside of me died a little bit, because uh -huh. I was like, you're going to just let people have yeah. like, so what, why, why would I trust yes. anybody? They don't, if they don't actually have the knowledge and they're using AI's yeah. knowledge, like I was angry at first, like were you, I feel like my first reaction mm -hmm. was like bitterness, frustration. And it's still like, I still can lean towards that, but I think I've, now that I've played in it enough, I'm like, that's mm, not like the, yeah. to the untrained eye that might look like good copy, but like it's, there's stuff missing in there. Like I, yeah. and I, I know like you would say the same if you looked at a curriculum outline. Mm -hmm. And so that's, what's interesting is it does, it does a bang up uh B league job, yeah. but, and that's, if there's going to be a ton of B league noise like you've got to get all of us that are in the creative economy. Like, let's just like, okay, let's play. Let's like yeah. be even sharper at what we do and develop our skill set and use these things. Like, I don't know. I've, I've talked about the analogy before, you know, how I'm sure when electronic music came out, the whole, the whole music industry was like, what the, oh, this yeah. is not, you know, like, but now you look at a DJ that takes those tools and like, do you remember sometimes I've scrolled there's I can't remember the account there's a, a TikTok account where there was like a DJ and he would bash up two songs that you were like oh my gosh that's so good like oh I can't believe you put those songs together that's his creative brilliance at work yeah. because he's applying something that like 
he he has the repertoire and the library in his head to know to do that. And so that's where I want us to be able as like artists to approach this. But it is, it is, I mean, I'm a hurricane of emotion inside about when it comes to AI most days. Yeah, I definitely started out a little salty. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, and then yeah. I, but I did, I started, I did think about it. And I, you know, for at least in my perspective, as somebody who sells and somebody who buys education, I would never buy from an educator who wasn't doing the thing they were talking about. Oh so my like, gosh. Yes. Yeah. AI can do whatever it wants, but like, yeah. unless there's proof that that person knows what they're doing, I'm not buying. Yep. So yep. it's going to make, I think, and I think too, it'll come full circle eventually where it like makes custom work even that much more valuable. So a lot of us that are creatives that, you know, your skill, like you so a bot can do, it. okay. You're that much more valuable now. Yeah. Yeah. That's comforting. But I loved, I loved all of the advice that you shared. I'm glad that we touched on that though. Cause it was, I mean, I think it's just front, it's front of mind for everybody right now and people are yeah. kind of panicking. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's what I'm seeing too. It's either panic or like, Ooh, is this like my easy way out? Is this my shortcut? And either way we got to address that. And I know the way you and I feel about, I'm just like, yeah, that can't, that oh can't that's not going to go well for you. Not going to go. That's not a long-term strategy. Like. No. You may. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting times out there. It's wild. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So what, I guess are, what are the biggest like mistakes that you see people make in their copy, like day in and day out people who yeah. are, maybe they're not even in a launch season. Maybe they're in between, like, what are their mistakes that they're making? How can they better, better yeah. show up? Copy blocks, like blocks of text and like people just don't read online. Like, like, I, I correct that a lot on websites. I'm looking at you have to write for the, the eye yeah. and the ear just as much as you're writing for like the brain to understand whatever you're trying to say. So making the copy look like, like talk, I, those are things I say all the time, read your copy out loud. If you take a breath, there needs to be a line break or a paragraph break. If you, it like, emphasize something when you're talking through your copy that I need to see emphasis around that via bold, underline, all caps, like help me understand what you're trying to say. Vary the lengths of your sentences, short, long, short, long. Like that's, I think a lot of people, I mean, we, I mean, look at us. We tried to fill three page essays with like as many words as we can on double spaced, like it, it did, did a little number in our head. And we carry, I think some of that um, the relics of it with us that we can reading on the internet is so different and it's changed too over the past, you know, five years. So um, that's one thing that I see all of the time. Let me think of some other ones that I correct all the time. Oh, on sales pages, sell the concept. Like your offer is just the vehicle to get them there. What you need to be selling on an offer page, on a services page, on a sales page is the the intellectual thing, the transformation, like that's what you're selling on the page. And then it needs to be like, and that's exactly why I created X, Y, Z. I wish, I, well, it's funny. You joked about Prime to Launch. So to be meta, I feel like Prime to Launch is one of the best pages as a copywriter that I've written when it comes to selling the, the concept and then saying like the product is how you get the concept. So if you need to see in action, prime to launch.com is where you can see that. But that's what I've been, we just did that on, some client stuff too. I think going back and looking at my past work, that's something that I like in the first two years, I didn't understand that. Yeah. And then um, over time in business, I've learned how to do that. Yeah. That's amazing. I feel like 
I, I think a lot of people have a hard time with getting from, like you said, overcoming objections one, but also just kind of thinking through like the journey versus mm-hmm. like the product, like, am mm-hmm. I selling the product or am I selling to what the people need? Like you said, like, and this is why you need. Yeah. So how do people like over, how do people even go start to like fix that mistake? Yeah. I'd never start writing at the top. I always start writing at the offer of anything I'm writing about, even in an email to, for at least when it comes to web copy and landing page copy, you're making a menu of how people could it, they're basically they're looking at a book and looking at all the chapters thinking like which ones do I want to read so don't don't focus so much and this is a mistake that I've made too before because I'll think of somebody moving through the customer journey as if they read every single email and as if they're scrolling through the sales page but people don't read like you do need to think about that with that lens but you also need to think if somebody's just jutting into the middle or coming in the middle are they going to be able to go to what they want, find it and get their, the information that they need. So if you can craft sales pages like that. So that's why like, yeah, I start at the, at the offer down. Like I write what I know, what I know to be true, like the offer, the details, what's inside, all that kind of stuff. And then I'm going to go back up and then I start writing more to the emotional side of things and the rational side of things. The voice stuff I add in at the end, because that's, that's, I want everything to be like, I want Easter eggs in my copy. I want stuff to be funny to read. And so I usually, sometimes I'll add that in as I'm writing. I don't edit while I write usually ever. Yeah, at all. Things go through. If you saw my first drafts of anything, they, I, they're horrible. And I know most people that we think are good writers, that's the case. They, yeah. They're just good editors. We're just really good editors. What are our stuff. And so, um, but I think because that first draft is so yuck for all of us, it's so hard to graduate sometimes from it and keep going because you have to like push through that. And that's, I I've talked about it in so many YouTube's video. I have a myriad of clocks and timers because I hate writing the first draft too. I hate that feeling of like, I suck. I should quit. I, would rather go take a nap with my dog. I hate that. But if I can get through, if I can set the clock for 30 minutes and just push and get something out there, that's where I think like AI too, to talk about that. If that can be helpful for you to get a terrible spit rough draft outline to look at because you just hate the white, you know, like the blinking curtain, the blank page, then do that, throw yourself a bone. But like, if you can push through that first little bit, a lot of like the good stuff comes on the other side. Oh my gosh. I feel like I really need to hear that. I struggle so much with like the start of things because hate it. Hate it. Hate it. I'm like recovering perfectionist over here. It's so hard to put pen to paper. Yes. Are you a journaler? I'm not a journaler. I am, but like my if anybody ever finds my journal, I have I've journaled since I was 10. I need to like set up some kind of kill switch. So when I die, they're destroyed because they are awful as far as like, like sometimes I read them and I'm like, oh my gosh, if anybody ever like was like a sweet little darling thinks she's a writer, LOL, because I'm not, it's not good. I, I mean, and I, when I have an email that I need to draft in my business, I will find a million things to do first. Like I have to Ashland proof my time constantly because I, I will find anything that needs to be organized and do it. And so I say that because I want other people to know that is nor it's your very, your par for the course. If you're putting off writing, cause it's just, it's not fun. It, you, I really think like the time hack thing, set the clock, do a parade at, what is it called? A uh, Pomodoro sprint mm-hmm. and like get the first stuff out there and then it becomes fun. Yeah. 
All right. We'll see. Try. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we'll try it. I do have my little timer. So maybe we need to work on that. Um, get a little artist way situation going on. Start uh-huh. writing. Uh-huh. Don't enjoy your Cameron. <laughs> oh my gosh. Classic. Okay. Um, and I feel like we could talk forever, but we're getting to our signature question here. Unpopular opinions. I got to know your unpopular opinion, although we've talked about several topics. So I feel like you could choose an unpopular opinion on anything that we've talked about. Give me a topic and I'll give you an unpopular. Let's go with your unpopular opinion on people using like their copy to establish themselves as authority figures. You don't need to hire that out at first. Everybody wants to hire it out. Everybody wants to. And good copy cannot be microwaved. Sometimes I see people that are like, you know, like done for you in a week, done for you in an hour, like copy. And like, it's the I'm like, they're the amount. That's why if you can push yourself to do, and this is why I needs to be the business owner. There's so much that goes into, like, have you ever worked with a designer before? And they're like, what are your core values? What are your, what's your mission? What's your, like, they're going to ask for things that like, uh, a copywriter can help you develop those, but like it, some of it has to come out of your head. Like some of it, you've got to like process and figure that out. So that's one portion. And then they're like, the longer I'm in business, the more I hire, the more I grow it as a team. You know, the thing that I miss the most is being in the weeds and listening to customers and clients. And so I get there as much as I can. And that's a skill set that I think Unless I'd gone through so much, I call it client and customer voice hacking, data mining, voice of customer data mining, that like that skill of just dwelling and soaking and marinating in that so you can spit it back out in your copy and talk to them. Those two things outsource pixie dust can't really fix. So if you can like push yourself to at least for the first round until you've got again, like proof of product, like hire out a copywriter. Either if you're, if you've got some stuff to work with there, or once you've, the spaghetti has stuck to the wall, people want it. Great. Hire a copywriter like that. Let's move in now. So we can start to figure out how can we ramp up these conversions and play with it. And, um, yeah, so that's my hot take. I love that. I actually, I I talk about a lot how in everything I didn't want to do in my business, those were the things that I forced myself to do at least once. So that well, just because that way I'm like, when I get someone in here, I can say like, I did this. Here's what went right. Here's what went wrong. And now you fix it. Okay. Have you, here's like spicy question. Have you ever, as I have not done that and then handed something off. And then I've been like, A of all, I don't think they're really doing stuff that I need them to do. (laughs) Or like, are they actually working on what, like, I have those emotions and it's when I know enough to be dangerous that I don't have that feeling. That's so interesting. You mentioned that. Yeah. I made that mistake once and it was, it wasn't that it wasn't like the same type of feeling of like, are they working on it? I knew they were, but it was like, I regretted outsourcing something before trying it myself. And it was videoing the first part of my first course. I got a videographer and if you're a videographer listening, like no shade, you guys are amazing. I would definitely hire someone now but the first part of my first course was going to have to get re-recorded like three or four times. I mean, I yeah. continually update my content, yeah. so it didn't really make sense. And I sunk a lot of money into it and it just like wasn't the right move. Yes. And then I didn't know how to like go back and make changes without bringing that person back over and over again. Yes. So then it just became okay. a money pit. So yeah. 
Yeah. I'm all about doing it first by yourself and then, and then. Knowing I'll be messy, knowing it won't be great, knowing I'm not an expert, but at least to give me some kind of vocabulary to where I can talk to an expert and be like, not a complete idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like the worst feeling. In the oh, world. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this was incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your expertise. What's like the best place for people to find you? What are you working on? Like, tell us all things. I love it. Ashlynwrites.com is my website. I always say, don't, if you need a template or are figuring or stuck writing something before you buy anything, reach out. Cause I probably have a freebie on it at this point at Ashlyn S Carter is my Instagram handle. And I love it. And what we're working on right now is I've never launched a true membership. And so we're trying, like I said, I really want to equip people to be able to write direct response, personality packed copy and do it fast. And so um, we've been building a membership so we can help people do that in about four hours a month and make them master copywriters at their own business. That's incredible. I feel like that's such a good fit for you because you are like the content queen. I feel like you're constantly giving so much for free. And so, and it's still there, but like for people to have access to be able to figure things out with you, that's amazing. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm okay. All right. Y'all go follow Ashlyn. Look into everything highly 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> She's the best. Thanks Ashlyn. You, sis. That's so great. All right. Y'all see you on the next episode. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. This show is brought to you by the Creative Educator Academy, where we teach creative entrepreneurs how to teach, because I believe that industries thrive when experts can share their knowledge well. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes or see your rating on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.